Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I didn't wake up this morning because you didn't go to bed. You were watching the whites of your eyes turn red. The calendar on your wall is ticking. This is the day, Grant. It's the day. Look at you go. It's the day for an Australian footballing fan. It is the day. The day. And for you, you're so excited about the Australian football team. No, I'm just excited. It's Hilda's. I'm just excited about the FIFA Women's World Cup. And you have done a song. You've what, done a lot. What a belter. You did request this early on this morning, and he's teased you, Huckleberry. He's teased you all the way to 20 minutes past 12. Pump it up. Our, ne- our next guest has wonderful musical taste. He'll no doubt... Does he? He won't poo-poo my song choice. It's the great man working for Optus during the South Football World Cup. He is the one, the only, Mr. Paul Eiffel. Mr. Eiffel, how are you doing? Very good. Very good. How are you, fellas? All right? Yeah, yeah I'm all right. You're, you're about to mock my song choice, aren't you? Right, day, Paul. No, no, no. I'm not a fan. No. Good, good afternoon. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us the truth. Tell us the, the truth. Mate, are you a pig in the proverbial? How much have you loved this? Prime time football. We haven't had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. We haven't had to get up. It's been right in front of us, and it's just been awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. I've loved it. Um, I think the having worked a few games, I think the thing that I've noticed most is the standard of the goalkeeping has gone up massively, and I think it just... Has added to the spectacle because I think you know the last World Cup in particular there were so many gaffes from the keepers. It was like you know yes. built to build up play and then one would slide in and you oh, you know. But this year it's not happening. They've been they've been great and I think that's made a really big difference. Although a great example of that, the two uh, keepers in action at Eden Park last night. I thought Yamashita's saves were brilliant uh, yep. to sort of keep them in that game. And then Muzovic obviously had so much uh, love thrown away after what she did against the United States. But how on earth did she save that one off her head? Um, <laughs> have you seen anything of the sort? Crossbar, no, keeper's head, post, rolled across the line and didn't go in. Yeah, right, right place, right time there, I think. That's the only, only <laughs> thing you can say, isn't it? But, I mean, she, she's having one of those tournaments that it's, it's almost impossible to beat her. So um, yeah. they're going to go a long way. They're the highest ranked team left in the competition. So... Um, quietly just getting on with their business. Hey, Paul, I want to ask you, when you get to these uh, the latter stages, as a coach, um, do you look to go more attacking or do you go more defensive? <laughs> um, I think you just stick to stick to the plan. I think they'll have, they've prepared well, um, especially with the Swedes. I, I don't think they're going to change anything they do. Um, yeah, there'll be you know this, you look at the Spanish as well. They've all got their own philosophies and, and ideas. I think it, it is obviously game by game, but you don't see any of them changing. Um, I watched the game yesterday, and it was it was a cracker actually um, between Spain and, and the Netherlands, and, and they certainly didn't go away from 
what they've been doing for the rest of the tournament. So I think you, yeah, mostly as a coach, I think you want to go out. If you're going to lose, you want to go out playing the style that you have prepared the team to play, or that you think suits. Yeah, I, I, and I think, yeah. and I think, I think that's Spain, right? I think they are belligerent yep. in their belief on how to play. That they are not going to change. I think there's a little bit more sort of variance in how Sweden could go about things. I, I thought they were far more assertive last night against the Japanese, and it took the Japanese one hour to adjust. And then we saw the true yep. Japan over the last 30 minutes. What a, what a great closing to that game. Yeah, I, I love watching Japan, but it was too little too late, um, unfortunately. I think the, the Swedes probably overpowered them. Um, but, I mean, I, I look back to Japan versus Spain, and, I mean, the coach got that one absolutely spot on. Um, it was an amazing performance without the ball. I think they had 23% of possession and won 4-0. Um, so, so the blueprint was there for playing against sort of possession-based teams. But um, when you've got, you know, the, the teams like Sweden who can set up in a completely different way and, don't necessarily need the ball. Um, it's a it's a whole different thing for Japan, and they couldn't quite get the job done last night. Isn't it great? We've got six teams left, and all of them have had a blemish on their record. Um, and what I mean by that, Sweden took to the 90th minute to beat South Africa. You know, uh, it was very. You know, they came from yeah. behind in that game, um, and, and looked second best at, at times. Uh, Spain have been thumped. Australia has lost a game. Uh, France haven't had it all their way. England too. Colombia. Um, uh, in that uh, group, we're going to have a, a first-time winner uh, at this tournament. It's quite exceptional. So, yeah, lots of question marks, but lots of reasons to believe. Um, and let's talk about the next game, which is Australia and France, Paul. How, how much should Matilda's fans, Australian fans, be, um, you know, confident in their team's chances of, of progressing through to a semi-final for the first time? Yeah, oh, I'm not convinced at all. I think France have been class. Um, I think they've got the best defender in the competition in Wendy Renard. Um, yeah. If uh, if Sam Kerr is fit, she's probably one of the only people in the world that could trouble Renard. I think if she's not fit, uh, I think Renard marshals that that defence, and they've got enough at, enough at the other end of the pitch to take care of Australia. But I mean, look, the fact that it's it's a home game for Australia is going to be an absolute cracker. I think it, it could shape as the best best game so far in the tournament. Paul, what's what surprised you the most in this Women's World Cup, where you've just been overawed by it? So people have spoken about, you know, the crowds, um, the style of football. I think some people have been a little bit indifferent about. But has there been anything while you've been watching these games and commentating that's really excited you and you've been surprised about? Oh uh, yeah, I've, I've been really lucky. I've, I've I've done all the Spanish games, and to be able to watch them. <laughs> in close quarters has been amazing. Um, I read a thing online the other day and they were talking about uh, Maitana Bonmati, who I think has been the best player in the tournament, actually. Um, yep, she was talking about how, how growing up she'd been lucky enough to watch the likes of uh, Xavier and Iniesta at really close quarters. and it, It's pretty cool. I, I took my daughters to the game. I worked the game and my daughters were also at the game, so I spent a bit of time with them. And we were just talking about Bonmati and, and listening to those two talk, and my daughters are 12 and 17, about Bonmati and, and they're the next generation coming through and it won't be the, the men necessarily that they're having to learn from. It's these, it's these women and it's the, the legacy that, that leaves, I think. So that's been a pretty cool moment for me, I suppose, as a personal one. Um, but it's nice to see that happening. And then what we stayed behind yesterday, about 45, 50 minutes, I actually tweeted about it. And Bonmati, she's the best player in the world at the moment, probably. And she stayed 50-odd minutes signing every single thing that was handed in front of her she did selfies. Oh, she awesome. was brilliant. 
it was it was selfless and you know <laughs> her teammates are in the in the dressing room probably um, having a sing along and a dance the fact that they're in the semi-final mm. and she's, she's doing that so pr- pretty cool moment yeah, knowing her, she probably could sign autographs right-handed and left-handed, left-footed and right-footed. <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. She, she's, a, <laughs> she's a, a, awesome. I could not believe when they subbed her off after 87 minutes. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Coach Footer, who's obviously yeah, a man I, who's, I you know, has, has quite a bit of self-belief. I don't know if there was a, a, a niggle there, but it just seems so strange to me. I think he's, he was trying to shut the game out, but for me, she controlled it from start to finish. <laughs> she was doing that anyway. Um, you don't need to bring a defender on. Just leave her to do her business. And you can't even say, I'm, I'm saving her legs. What were three minutes going to do? So it's it was a very weird... I don't know what he was thinking there. But, I mean, obviously, if you actually watch some of the celebrations after, not many of the players are, are too fond of him, obviously. It was worth no. documenting what went on before the tournament. But in the celebrations, none of them were giving him a hug, that's for sure. No, it's it's quite cold um, towards uh, Coach Wilder, uh, fair to say. Paul, I, I need to ask about Stephanie van der Gracht, um, who scored the equaliser in the 91st winner at centre forward. She's a centre-half. But the handball incident, uh, the penalty she gave away, we're calling it a brain snap, a brain fade, a brain fart, whatever you want to call it. We've got people to send in some of their favourite uh, sporting brain fades from over the years. I'm sure you've probably seen and witnessed a few in your footballing days, and I love going down a Paul Eiffel rabbit hole. Um, what are some of your favourite sporting brain fades in the realm of football? Well, I've got a personal one, and 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 you guys all, all know this guy. When I was at Millwall, I played with a guy called Kevin Muscat. Um, crazy on the pitch, one of the nicest guys ever off it. We just signed him. Came with a reputation of you know getting sent off, bad tackles, blah blah blah. And our our boss had decided to install him as captain, and he did not played so. We were playing live on TV um, away at Watford and he's made this cracking tackle in the box, like a brilliant tackle. And he's got the ball at his feet and the, 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 the forward that he's just taken the ball off is lying prone on the floor behind him. He then proceeds to stop, stamp on him and then play his pass. And <laughs> it was one of those moments where the ref blew the whistle and you could see the referee as he's running over thinking to himself, I can't believe what I have just did. <laughs> and all, all of us are looking at each other going, what did he, why? He's already, what, there's no need. And then he just, he, he just red carded him, obviously. And we came in at half time and the gaffer, it was Mark, a guy called Mark McGee, Scottish guy, went absolutely nuts and just went, what were you doing? And Muskie just sat there and just said, oh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. And he said, look, you ever do anything like that again, you won't, you won't be at this football club. And it was just, it was just such a weird one, but I mean, he he did it a number of times. We we said he had white line fever, and you know, I saw some terrible yeah. things on the on the pitch from him. But for for Van der Graaf, you know, it was one of those. You could see the minute it hit her hand, she she. Oh, I know. And she's like, oh, what about her, her reaction? Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And, and obviously, you know, five years ago with no VAR, they probably wouldn't have given it because it was it in the box, was it not? Obviously, you can see that now really clearly that it was, but I don't think it would have been given. You know, fair play to her. She goes up the other end and scores a cracker for extra time. But I look at Lauren James as well in this World Cup, you know, completely other end of the spectrum with penalty or, or violent conduct. But again, she, she sort of trod on her back. It wasn't really a stamp. It was sort of, a, she trod on her back. It was, didn't, probably didn't even hurt the, the player. And straight away, she's, oh, what have I done? And you just can't do those things anymore. Yeah, I, I thought... Um... Granted, there was probably a bit more contact, but I thought Beckham 
Diego Simeone straight away. There wasn't much, you know, of a kick. It was just enough. Just enough. Yeah. And the moment she made contact, you've got to get sent off. You've got to get sent well, off. I just, I just uh, always think Paul, that if you're going to do it, do it properly. Kick them properly. I've never been sent off. I've never been sent off. But I always think if I was going to get sent off, I'd, I'd go out in a blaze of glory <laughs> and take two or three down. <laughs> I don't understand. That is half <laughs> and then just sprint to the change room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And say premeditated, I had it all planned. Yep. <laughs> hey, Paul, uh, going into these final stages, you spoke about the Spanish team. You've been fortunate enough to watch them. Is it all about the team or is it about individuals now? Is it about brilliant individuals that could have a moment where suddenly that brilliance just gets them over the line? I think the beauty of football is it could be either. Um, it could mm, be, yes. you know, a coaching masterpiece, which you saw against Japan, you know, Japan against Spain. That was a coaching masterpiece. Could somebody like Sweden produce that, or Colombia that keep producing that? Or, you know, is it is it get to the final and Lauren James comes off the bench in in you know in a redemption moment? And I think that's why we love team sports because it could be either, you know, and and you don't always get that. All right. Prediction time. Do I sense Oof. you've got France progressing? I've got France progressing, yeah, just. So, sorry, Australia. And England, <laughs> Colombia? England, just. England, just, Ooh. eh? Ooh. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident who's with the one. I'm not confident. Okay, right. And then who's in the final? God, oh, yeah. Well, I've said Spain are going to go close. I think Spain can still... It's Spain-Sweden, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Spain-Sweden. Yeah, I'm going to go Spain and then I'm going to have to be patriotic. I don't believe in this at all. I think we'll get turned over by France. <laughs> in the semi. But, but I've got to stick with it. So I'll go England to make it. And the Lauren James redemption arc finishes. Brilliant there. stuff. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Paul, thanks so yeah. much, mate. Uh, having the time of the life by the sounds. Uh, keep it the great work with Optus, mate. Thanks so much for, for dropping by. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks so much, Lovely. Paul. Cheers, Paul Eiffel joining us. Of course, uh, former Wellington Fittick star forward. Um, you know, coaching these days. Coached a lot of women's football and uh, now working with uh, Optus, uh, the Australian provider, uh, part of this uh, World Cup. Hope you enjoyed catching up with him. Love that, Kevin Musket. Yeah, They're brilliant, hey. Uh, <laughs> won, won the ball cleanly at my feet, and I'm just going to stamp on the guy behind me and then pass the ball. <laughs> and how uh, Paul says, if you're going to do it, do it properly. <laughs> yeah. uh, get three guys. <laughs> exactly. Uh, awesome stuff. So uh, keep your br- uh, favourite brain fades coming through uh, before we depart. Uh, let's get to a couple of messages. Uh, Maureen Amin, the Dutch heat. Well, it's now afternoon, isn't it? Although he did send it before. 12. No one likes to correct her. Daniel, shut up. Uh, Justin writes, it's Justin. Hello, Justin. Maureen Amen. The Dutchies were their own worst enemies yesterday. Tunnel Visions, when they had a three-on-one overlaps, they blew too easy. Clear chances, and that penalty. Holy moly. Absolutely. I'm with you. Um, Lenneth Berenstein, who, you know, was, was their main outlet, their most likely outlet, most threatening player, did have a couple of shockers. She had that three-on-one. If she squares it across to Pulova, she has a tap-in. But then there's the ball in from the right-hand side. It bounces to her on the six-yard box, and somehow she conspires to hit it over the bar. 
and then about 20 seconds later, Spain score at the other end in extra yeah. time. It's you know, cruel sport, isn't it? So, so cruel. It is, but I mean, as athletes, it's what we were saying earlier. You know, you look back in your career and it's like, oh, I wish was there that moment where I had that brain fade. Imagine being the athlete that's living with that. I know. That's why I was so happy Stephanie van der Graak actually scored a goal. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, redeemed herself within about 10 minutes. Yeah. Vamos las chicas, super poderosas. Vamos. Craig, I hope that I got that correctly. Vamos las chicas, super poderosas. Vamos. Okay. Uh, after France beat the Tillies, it would be nice to see a non-European team in the semi-finals. Uh, Craig going for Colombia, uh, of course. Uh, some brain fades have come through. Um, Alan Donald getting lots of love. Joseph, um, he lines them up. Alan Donald forgetting how to run in the Cricket World Cup. That's a very good one. Um, the underarm is a good brain fade because it gave the rest of the cricketing world a lifetime of ammunition to throw at the Aussies. That's just very true. Although, as people in this part of the world don't like to remember, it wasn't the rules. It was allowed yeah, and the rules, and the captain, and, and only Australia, and the captain told him to do it. Yes, there's that, and uh, someone who didn't put their name to this, might give Tim Sally's number. Maybe, maybe <laughs> just, should we oh, check if it's there'll be someone, there'll be, be someone in the team still not happy about yeah, it. Exactly. Who writes Trent Bolt standing on the boundary? England World Cup final. Oh, I'm not sure if that's brain fade territory. Mm. I think that's a little bit unlucky. He did. Oh well, he oh. he had to, he had caught it and then. After catching it, he didn't really need to put the foot oh. back. He just kind of like nonchalantly put it back and it touched the boundary. All right. Um, put Trent Bolt on our list of uh, cricketers who will never speak to the show ever again. Um, <laughs> you, you'll find it under the desk. It's, it's in that roller deck. There's about 400 pages to it. Along, along yeah. with all the test bowlers <laughs> who I think I, I see. I, I missed out. Oh, no, they're all, Kumble, av- yeah. they're all available. <laughs> All the test bowlers that got to bowl to you. Oh, yeah. They're very happy to come on the show. It's 23 minutes away from 1 o'clock. We'll catch up with Clado shortly to find out what is happening on uh, his fine program after 1 o'clock. We'll have the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from as well. Stay with us. This is the Saturday session, 23 away from 1.